welcome back to our 75th episode of the Launcher Farm Show, where I interview Kenny Klaus with Keller Williams in Arizona. In this episode, Kenny and I talk about why you need to make farming a fundamental part of your business if you want to stay relevant and stay in this business in the long run. And Kenny shares how you can level off the ups and downs of real estate and build a more sustainable and predictable business by truly mastering farming. And we talk about what strategies you can use to build more trust and likability and stand out from the competition so that you can gain more market share in today's world. And Kenny shares a super easy way to add value to local businesses and connectors in the community to generate more referrals and a steady flow of deals. And we talk about how to ensure your amazing ideas come to fruition and what you need to do to ensure they succeed at a high level. Plus, we talk about a ton of other ideas that you can use to grow your geographic farm. So be sure to check out this episode, like and subscribe, and enjoy the episode with Kenny. Welcome back to another episode of the Launcher Farm Show. I'm your host, Brian Smith, and today we've got a great guest. It's Kenny Klaus with Keller Williams in Arizona. So Kenny, take a second, tell us a bit about yourself and why you're here. Yeah, man, Ryan, I appreciate uh, the opportunity. What you're doing um, with the group is uh, I believe that geographic farming or just farming in general, um, and there's multiple types of farming, but geographic has always been kind of my niche. I started in 2001. Um, and just a little little perspective on it, um, as most people can relate, is, uh, you know, we've all seen the FedEx trucks driving around and that. So I was the FedEx guy for 13 years. Wow. And, um, you know, as I started seeing real estate in one of the areas, one of my routes, I just started thinking, man, this seems to make a ton of sense to me. These guys have signs all over the neighborhood here. Um, and so I looked at it from, you know, as a as a FedEx guy, you either had a route or you were what we called a swing driver, which meant whoever was sick, vacation, you just filled in. Yeah. I'll tell you the difference between the two was night and day. I mean, because <laughs> yeah. I mean, everybody loved their driver for the most part. And the driver yeah. knew, do I deliver to the front or the back? Who signs for? What time do they like things? You know, it's that customer service side yeah. of it. When you're just flying from house to house and in business, and I mean, it's, it's, frustrating it's uh, your customer service isn't good your attitude isn't quite as good because yep. you're struggling and then I got my own route eventually and next thing you know it was kind of kind of autopilot like you knew the businesses you knew the residential and so when I started farming real estate about two years into my you know getting my license I just picked a neighborhood and I said you know if I can if I can be here 10 years from now I think things are going to look look pretty good yep um and just started with that mindset was how do I create, you know, um, from an efficiency standpoint, from a knowledge standpoint, meaning knowing what's happening in the area, what's happening with business, what's happening with schools, what's happening with builders, uh, growth, all those things. Because yeah. you know, in the Phoenix market here, we're, uh, we're pretty spread out. We're not like a lot of big cities where they go vertical. Right. We, we're, we're more pushing out. And so you know, you could be in Phoenix and it could be an hour drive to wow. the other side of town, for example. And yet you don't even know it because it's just, it's contiguous. It just doesn't yeah. stop. Yeah. And so, you know, when I looked at the, the FedEx days, it wasn't like packages came down the belt and, you know, Ryan, you took one then I took the next one. And then so-and-so did, we all took geographic areas. Yep. And so we got to know its streets. And so that's kind of the foundation got me into it back in 2001. I really didn't know what geographic farming was. I really didn't know <laughs> what I was doing. I just thought I would rather stay right in this area instead of driving all over town yeah. if I can help it. 
And you know, two decades later, what it's done is it's created a truly a business in the community, not just a, a database. Um, and that's even my financial planner is like, you're the only guy I have that actually has a sellable business at this point because yeah. it's not dependent on me anymore. It's systems and models and you know what we do consistently every month. And so that's been pretty, you know, pretty exciting. And then what happens is it spreads out from there, right? Yep. So instead of kind of shotgunning, you have laser focus, and then it turns into these outliers who, hey, can you help us over here? Are we doing this? You know, sign calls, leads, uh, pass, repeat, all that stuff. So, um, you know, it's been really cool. I've uh, uh, been blessed, you know, in, with KW, Gary had put me on stage to talk about this stuff, which really then held me accountable in 2010 and yep. made sure that, you know, we were doing all these things and, and at a high level, but, uh, you know, he's always said too, you know, if he started over today, it would be building a, a geographic farm. Um, and, you know, although things have changed within that, as you well know, on how we connect with people, yep. it's still connecting with people and it's still building brand and recognition, you know, within a geographic area. And that gives you that foundation to be able to invest you know, in your business to have consistent income in a very inconsistent business, right? Real estate, yeah. you know, it usually looks like a heartbeat monitor for a yeah, lot of yeah. people, right? Yeah. Um, and so that was always kind of my, you know, my vision or goal was, you know, I don't, I don't want to have that if I can help it. And yeah. I knew what the efficiencies, I have a little light here, I'll turn on the efficiencies that um, I saw within the FedEx space that led me to, to really, you know, dig in and, and start this, so. Yeah. So there's a lot to unpack that I want to dive into. I want to start at the beginning because it's important for our viewers to know when you get started, it's for sometimes they struggle with kind of getting it launched. And obviously where you're at now is probably not where you're at as far as the systems and tools. When you got launched in that, you said the first two years, what did that look like for you as far as size, as far as what you, and what you did to get it launched? Well, you know, it's basically, you know, me, we moved into a, a new neighborhood, um, which was almost 21 years ago. And we're actually still in that same house today. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, I've been very committed to that, that location. And it was just me. And I had this idea um, from another agent I knew uh, in the Valley that just, that I had always looked up to that just kind of did like a little newsletter. Mm -hmm. And so you know, I started with, a, it was a little trifold, did that for two or three months and then went to what we use today, which is um, essentially like a sheet of paper folded in half which creates a booklet and then yep. we, do, we do eight pages. So you basically got two sheets of paper folded in half, gives you, you know, eight pages, but started with that. And, um, and we just, you know, put it through the, through the post office. Um, I, I tried putting them on doors that, you know, save some money, try these things. It just, at the end of the day, our best conversion was from the mailbox. Cause I think a lot of stuff here in the Valley, people, you know, don't want crap on their door. And typically, <laughs> You know, because they pick it up at the front door, they have time between there and the house to throw it away. And it's yep. usually, you know, home services like landscaping and pool and stuff that I don't know. So we just went, you know, USPS. And now with EDDM through the post office, it makes it so much more affordable yep. to, to do that. And so, I, you know, I when I teach, I always tell people my biggest thing was when we started this, I said, I have to do this for 12 months. And yep. so if it's a thousand bucks a month. I got to put $12,000 over here. The problem yeah. was you know, at the time, it wasn't that 12,000 was so much money. It just happened to be a little more than I had. And so yeah. <laughs> you know, it's a little scary, yeah. um, but I just said, I got to commit to this. You know, anything in life that you want long-term results from has to be, you know, 
has to be built with consistency involved yeah. and and going through the fail points and as well as the you know the good times. And so ironically, we got a we got a listing the very first month. Nice. Um, super exciting. The problems we were way out, new construction, you know, all the things I teach today, I wouldn't have started probably there <laughs> at the time because you know, you're looking at turnover rates and all these yeah. things. Well, we didn't really have that, but I didn't really care because I still had I was still part-time at FedEx, so I still had an income and benefits. So it was like right. the money was um it was a to come in my mind. I didn't need it today type thing. Yep. And so then I went seven months without another listing. And um, there was a lot of quitting points along the way. Yeah. Um, and honestly, I didn't document my whole journey because I didn't know I'd have a journey at the time. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but the reality of it is, is that, I mean, it was scary, you know, and I started doing like free ads back then on the back of the newsletter. And that's all I was getting was like, you know, candles and you know Mary Kay and all this you know ads for stuff and which was fine because I was connecting and meeting people in the community yep. but it wasn't paying the bills and so um, then month seven um, seven ish um, I got three listing appointments in one month off the newsletter wow. and that was in 2001 and I honestly don't remember a month since then that we haven't listed something in that in that neighborhood um, that's awesome um, and it was because, you know, even though there may be 40, 50 signs, if there's three signs up, people feel like that's all they see is your sign. Yep. And, yeah, exactly. you know, like I tell most agents, you know, a lot of them are like, kind of like swing drivers were at FedEx. They just, they just I'm going to try over here. I'm going to try over <laughs> yeah. here. And what you realize is you're not getting any branding, any residual left behind. So yeah. you, know, you get a listing. I don't even care, honestly, if you have to do it for, for free or a half percent or whatever you need to charge because the sign is gold right now. You have yeah. open houses, you've got internet marketing, you've got door knocking opportunities. Hey, the Johnsons just asked us to list their home, blah, blah, blah. It's getting that, that first sign in the yard. And then, and then, you know, then you got just listed, just sold. You can do, um, you can feature it in your newsletter. So there's so many things with just getting that sign that people, I think sometimes forget how important, you know, that is in, in the market still. Yeah. And so I just started with that and, you know, honestly just kept failing forward from there. I've done a, done a lot of dumb things along the way, <laughs> some dumb money. Yeah. And, uh, but the one thing we've never stopped is, you know, the newsletter consistently, the first of every month, you know, goes out. Um, we had a lull in 2009 was the only time because the market was so bad out here with yeah. short sales and I mean, Phoenix just got crushed that we decided to go to every other month because we just didn't really have any content. There was no mm -hmm. new business openings. Um, the same houses that were on the market the month before were still on the market the next month. Right. And so, you know, but we realized that we weren't getting the same calls and traffic. And so, you know, we went back to it, even though it was tough, you know, the market was tough. I just, yep. I knew as a brand, you can't, you've got to push through it if you have a good brand. And then when you do get a name and a reputation, you can't stop then either. Right. That's, that's so, super critical. There's a lot of agents I find do that where they, they try to pivot, they get some traction then they think, okay, well now that's working. I'm going to cut back on things or do a little bit less of things. Cause it's, and they think they can coast on that. And the reality is you should be doubling down on the things that you're doing, not just cutting back on it. And if it's working, keep testing it until it stops working or you're, until you hit your kind of point of diminishing returns is what I find. Absolutely. Well, be, you have to start thinking like a business owner. Like I have a small business within a community, yep. whether I have a storefront or not, I have a business and to have a business, you have to have marketing, you have to have bookkeeping, you have to have, you know, consistency in the yep. operation, as well as, you know, all the other training and skills that you need to have as a, as a salesperson. 
And so to me, that was, you know, we lived very humbly. Um, I mean, still do. And my goal is I just have to keep reinvesting into the business yeah. because if I can get a little market share, what would it look like if I got a moving truck and wrap that? And so in 04, we did that. And the idea being that, you know, FedEx, what do they have? Moving billboards all yeah. over the country. I mean, literally you see them every day. And I'm sure <laughs> some of your people are going to get off this and go, crap, I'm seeing FedEx trucks. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's just yeah. the truth. And so I went, well, what if we did that? And, yeah. and literally in the beginning, we would um, purpose, I say we, it was usually me, but I started to grow a team, you know, somewhere in you know that 03-ish range. Um, but drive it through like, you know, when the kids were getting out of school, we just happened to be driving because you have to do 15 miles an hour right in front of all the parents and families and yeah. everybody and teachers. But the idea was, you know, if you don't have anything going on, you can't just wait for the right. market to come to you or people to call you. You've got a, it's a contact sport, right? We've kind of overused that analogy now, but it's the truth. And so yep. however you're contacting them face-to-face -face or they're visually seeing you, um, you know, it's so we just focused all of our marketing into a geographic area, you know, whether it was sponsorships, donations, you know, banners at the schools. Uh, I did water bottles for a long time where we donated those to the school with, you know, our logo, the school logo on it. Just a lot of little things that you can do, you know, to get out and, and meet people. And, mm -hmm. and the fun thing is, is you still do all the other stuff you do in real estate, right? It's not like you just stop. Yeah. <laughs> it just gets, it gets easier in my opinion. Like, um, you know, if you're familiar, I mean, most people are with the disc profile, like, like I'm a 99 I. So rejection is just not my thing, I guess. <laughs> I didn't know that, but I, I, you know, when I did, I was like, yep, that's me. Like, I don't, I don't, you know, get my feelings hurt. Like I, I want people to, to want to do business with me. And when you're having a cold call or a door knock or things that I just never did in the beginning, it just wasn't going to be my wheelhouse. I just knew I wouldn't do it consistently. But if I could get a newsletter and share some good stories and some things in there, then people were calling me. And that's yeah. a completely different conversation and a different conversion rate than people, who, especially today. I mean, it's then it was one thing. Today, it's unbelievable because even as agents, we're all getting all the texts and emails. You want to sell your house that you haven't even owned for 10 years, like <laughs> the data that's out there. People are more defensive or more protective now than ever. Yeah. So I think finding a way to fly under the radar to me was always very important. And so my newsletter is based on the zip code. So in 03, I kind of got lucky and just started buying all the zip codes in Phoenix. And so like 85209.com, for example. And so it made it easy. I didn't have to name all these little individual subdivisions. Right. People knew their zip, five numbers, and you're done. 85209.com, there you go. And that was meant to be come across as not a marketing piece, but as an informational piece about yep. the community in the area. And then in the center, of course, was the real estate stuff. And so yep. it was a way to make it from the mailbox to the kitchen table was to not come across as just, here's all the just listed, just sold. Because the people who are looking at that are the people who are thinking about real estate maybe right now. We wanted it to be where we got that plus we just stayed top of mind. So yeah. even if they weren't a friend asked them or somebody they knew, knew a name. So that was kind of the vision. Yeah. So obviously you've tried a lot of things and there's different strategies. I think it's important. I tell agents all the time. It's one of the things I talk about is strategy stacking. How do you measure the effectiveness or the value of, do you keep it or do you, do you lose it? Cause I find a lot of agents kind of go down 
either the rabbit hole of doing just one strategy and then they kind of get caught up or they try too many things and then don't really test it. So what, like, what do you use as like a litmus test to say, Hey, this is working or it's worth it or, or not. Well, so obviously, I mean, the consistency of the newsletter every month and the quality of the content, and mm. that's extremely important. A lot of these newspapers that are out there and things that you can go buy, if it's easy, it typically doesn't have the same return as right. somebody who's doing work. And because their stories are very generic where people can get that anywhere and get it in their phone in a second today. What we're trying to do is, you know, the little league signups when that is uh, the car show at the high school, um, you know, the upcoming football schedule, things that are hyper local to the community. You know, we interview a business owner who's opening a new store um, to kind of meet the neighborhood. So it's, it's very purposeful. Mm. Um, that's why most don't do it at that level because it, it is that ugly four letter word, right? It's work. <laughs> but the reality of it is if you put your head down for two years, you do the work, you can build a foundation that you can go from I to we to where I'm at now where they do it. Yeah. Um, but you have that consistency. And, and so I think, you know, if the newsletter was number one, I mean, I think the moving truck for us was big. I eventually bought a commercial building in 05 in the farm so that we have visibility. Mm. Um, now we have three wrapped vehicles, so they're seeing them running around. Um, but just, you know, putting up, you know, we used to put a lot of sign writers on there. So we'd have our sign writer, plus we'd have 85209.com on there, nice. just so that neighbors and community would see it. It's visible. Um, and then being involved with, you know, the schools was, was kind of big um, early on, like football coach, we'd interview them before the beginning of every season, the principal, um, like I said, business owners. And then, um, oh gosh, it's been probably over, well over a decade ago now, uh, Wells Fargo, um, a, a bank, a local bank here uh, that we, you know, we use came to me and said, hey, you know, we'd like to start like a little neighborhood uh, business networking meeting mm. would you be interested in, in helping us kind of lead it and and market it and they said we'll, we'll every new business customer we'll put a flyer in for it and that way it makes us look good like we're helping them get acclimated to the neighborhood and things and that lasted for a few months with them and they kind of quit showing up to the meetings <laughs> and just kind of so we moved it to a, a restaurant in the area and then um, eventually I ended up, I own five restaurants now, but I ended up buying a restaurant in the community and we had a big private back room and I'm like, man, we could hold our events there our, um, you know, all these things. And so we started doing that and that's where it's been since now, obviously now we've been on zoom because of it, yeah. but everything I do is meant to be purposeful and not feel salesy. So, yeah. you know, if I come into your business and say you're an insurance agent, Ryan, I walk into your American family office. It's like, you know, Hey, I'm Kenny Klaus with 85209.com, you know, our, our community connection newsletter, and you have a copy of it. You say, here's what we're doing. You know, is there anything that you'd like to share with your business or that we could put in here, maybe do a story about, you know, something unique that you offer, you know, everybody knows insurance, but is there something Oh, and by the way, we have a, a neighborhood network group where we try to keep local dollars in the community. Would that be something that interests you? And it's really hard to say no to that, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, and then, um, then we started buying little newsletter stands and then we would leave them in all the businesses. And it's funny, when I was on stage with Gary in 2010, he said, uh, I was telling him this story and he's like, I was like, well, yeah, Gary, I just kind of call it running my, my realtor route, right? Like FedEx, I just run my route. Yep. So every month, it gives me purpose to have to go back to those businesses to refill the newsletters with yep. the new copy. Um, 
And of course, then we, we, had, we were teaching a class on it. We did a designation called CLME, Certified Local Market Expert, and Realtor Route was one of the episodes. And we got a letter from uh, NAR attorneys and we couldn't, uh, we couldn't use the word realtor. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, so kind of funny how things happen, but uh, you know, you're not, you're not doing well until you're causing problems. Out there. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, just, you know, just, and again, you mentioned it earlier, but just stacking, right? Like if you read atomic habits, it's just stack habit stacking. So, yep. you know, for me, especially when you're new, you don't have a lot going on, right? So you, what you do have is time. And so, but if your time is hanging out in the office, listening to everybody else complain about the market or there's no inventory or where you're or on social media, hoping someone's going to reach out to you, or you can be out visiting some of the businesses. You can be out, you know, what, you know, having your logo embroidered on your shirt. So people are seeing it. You know, I I started with magnets on my car because I could afford them until I could afford to, you know, eventually wrap something, um, which now that cost has come way down too. But the point was, you know, you, you, you find things intentionally to be doing out there. Yeah. And in the beginning, the hardest part, like I said, is a lot of that you're seeking out in the beginning. Yeah. Now, honestly, and we've gotten probably a little soft with this because <laughs> now people are just calling us. Um, can you support this? Uh, here's this, uh, you know, the little league. It's like, you know, we'll put your names on the back of the jerseys. Can we do this? So it's very interesting once it, there's a tipping point, but you have to get to that point and then keep going past that a ways yeah. to really secure that um but you know things i mentioned like network group we still do today like uh, we still do a, you know most of this stuff um because it's still relevant you know the yeah. internet has changed a lot of things uh, like the free ads in the newsletter those have been gone for years because by the time they hit the newsletter and got out you know it's week two weeks three weeks old whereas they can just go and offer up or craigslist you know places like that so right. certain things we had to adapt to um which is fine, but now videos come along so you can, you know, interview, like we did uh, a dry cleaner years ago and um, he was so nervous to do it. And we're like, no, we're just going to talk about, you know, and what's the craziest thing that you've, you know, dry cleaned. And cause one day I was in there and I saw like a wedding dresses hanging there, like a sleeping bag. And I was like, man, this is, I didn't even know you guys did this stuff. Yeah. So that's how it started. And it was funny cause he, he got dressed up for it. We did this video. <laughs> It was, it was a blast when he got done and he saw, we did what we said we were going to do. Right. And we gave him a copy so he could share on his social media. Yep. And he said, you know what, Kenny, I've got, you know, probably 10,000 plus bags, you know, on, on all these clothes that go out every month. Would you want to give me some marketing material? I'll just staple them to every bag for you. Wow. <laughs> That's like, awesome. Yes, sir. That would be great. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, you go out, you know, free CMA or whatever it was at the time. Yeah. But my point is, if you don't take action, you're, you're just hoping if you take action, you're either going to fail until you figure it out or yep. you're going to, you know, you're going to meet people who, you know, if, if your likability factor is strong enough, they're going to want to help you and do things, too, if you give to receive. So you have to think about what value am I giving to this person? And if I'm not giving them value, and you need to step back and think about how am I ever going to get that? Just no different if someone approached you. If they approached you with an opportunity or, hey, we're doing this you know, network event or you know, do you have anything to add in here? It, it really changes you know, the way they look at it. Um, yeah. Yeah, and exactly. you, you know, we even talked about you know, in the beginning, I had nothing to do. Like I was new once I got stuff for the newsletter and it was smaller at the time. So I just started previewing houses that have been on the market. And... I figured if I'm going to truly say, originally it was neighborhood specialists, 
but then you can buy those sign writers. So now, you know, it was, it was neighborhood expert or area expert because we yep. wanted to be like the expert. I had to know all these models and it's really a sickness now. Like, people call me <laughs> like oh, you're in that. Did you do this? And did you do the extended patio? And did you do this? And they're like, okay, okay, we get it. You know what you're talking about. Yep. But I'm telling you, when you go to that front door and they open the door, if you've never been in that neighborhood, been in that house, you know how that feels. I mean, we still have it today. We, we get stuff outside, you know, half hour, 45 minutes. It takes me a lot longer to research that area, do a good CMA and feel confident that I can serve them at the highest level. When you're talking about your farm, you could call me and I could be there. I could tell you on the phone or I could be there in a half hour and, and be ready to go. Yeah. But the confidence level goes up. And then, you know, when you tell people, Hey, I live, you know, in this area, I don't I'm not driving back to Scottsdale or driving over to here. Like I've got a vested interest in this community also like this. I own property in here. I own rentals here now, which you don't always want to say that. Not everybody loves rentals, but um, that's where I think the biggest thing for me was, was just once I started to know the builders, the floor plans, I could talk about the golf course, what was happening with the schools. Um, you know, oh, you guys have a family. Would you you know, like me to introduce you to the, the principal over there? Um, there was just so many cool things that came from it. And then we still had new construction. And that turned out to be a great thing for me, too, because I would literally run my route and just stop in and you know, see them once a month or some more frequently, you know, if I was out showing, but what happened is they started to see me showing up all the time, caring, knowing the area yeah. that I started getting referrals from the builders. People had a house to sell to buy their house. And so um, just amazing when you take action, how the opportunities show up, right? Yeah. But you have to do it in that order. And exactly. It's the, and I think the expert part is such a key part of it. And that's one of the things I teach. I have the, the fundamentals of farming and I call it CPR, which is community positioning and relationships. And the positioning is you become an expert and the ambassador for the community. And you can become the expert without, you've never, don't even have to have ever sold a home before. You can learn the models, you can learn the businesses, you can learn the community. And that's how we, when we built our farm, we learned the models. We got all the flooring, the drawing plans. We knew what elevations they were, what models they were. And we could walk in and tell people how much square footage they have. And this was, and it just creates trust. Like you said, it makes it easier to price the home. And a lot of agents get hung up, I find, on figuring out how to position themselves and different, differentiate themselves. And if you become that expert, it becomes so much easier. And then opportunities open. Like you said, you're starting to see things. The builders are contacting you. People are reaching out to you. And that expert doesn't have to take that long to become the expert and that can really catapult you quickly. Well, and it does. And I think, and I think that's the, you know, what we're both aligned in that vision is just because you're starting a geographic farm in an area doesn't mean you're still not doing real estate wherever else it calls. Yep. Right. So if you have, yeah, exactly. but the idea is if you don't have a listing, can you sit an open house for someone in there and you start talking to people. And now we have these like grocery bags that, for our charity and it's like a food drive. And so, you know, you door knock a hundred homes before say, Hey, we're going to be at the Johnson's from 10 to two on Saturday. Um, you know, we'd love you to, you know, we're doing this canned food drive because you can do that year round because they always yeah. need it. And what would happen is we're getting sellers now coming to our open house because they're the neighbors. Yeah. And if you can start meeting the neighbors face to face, then they see your signs they see you're doing good things in the community, but it's that give to receive versus, you know, door knocking and saying, I'm doing an open house. People are very defensive to that. When you're holding yeah. like a grocery bag with like a flyer that says, this is what we're doing in the community, completely soft, um, softer approach. Yeah. It doesn't feel salesy. And honestly, my agents, we don't mind doing it because it doesn't feel like you're going to get told, you know, get off my property, you know, all yeah. the things that go on. And by the way, 
the ring cameras are beautiful now because you just talk to the camera. It's like we're now <laughs> yeah. getting face to face. Like, hey, yeah. it's Kenny Klaus. Hey, here's what we're doing. And people get freaked out. I'm like, they're listening. It records. Just go ahead and, and say what your purpose is and what you're doing. And yeah. it's so funny how people like, oh my gosh, what about this? It's like, lean into it. Like, just, just try it and just see what happens. Um, but yeah, I love, know. I love that idea for the open house because it totally transforms the purpose of it. You still serving the main purpose, which is opening the house, but it gives you an in and you're touching people or connecting with people outside of that, even if they're not interested in creating more value. So that's, that's a great, great. Yeah. I like that a lot. Well, and you know, a lot of the stats on people who, you know, after one house sells, there's X amount sells, like depending, you know, per neighborhood typically, and you can break it down, but you know, depending on the size, it could be a thousand homes. Usually there's going to be two or three more homes within a couple of blocks that yep. in the next three months that go on the market if you've done enough signs and you do like a great open house, like I used to have, I had 14 A-frames um, and I would sit open house. Well, then I started sitting at the golf course parking lot that was in the center of the community with, at the time I was with Remax, I had a Remax balloon, I had my golf cart and I'd have an easy up and I'd say free list to area homes for sale. Mm. And my vision there was, is everyone driving through there lives there. I mean, a high percentage and all they keep seeing every Sunday is all these signs out and free list and they're going, this guy's working. I haven't even talked yeah. to my agent. My agent's never even shown my property. All the things <laughs> yeah. that we hear, right? That yeah. that people expect. And I would literally, they'd follow me in the golf cart and I'd go show them houses. Because so I thought, well, if I'm sitting at 3,000 square foot house, they only may want a 1,500. So there's their budget. If I could sit a general type thing, then I could go show everything. And so, yeah. um, and a lot of this was because I didn't have, didn't have listings. I didn't have business at the time. I just, I wanted to build a 20 lane highway and I only needed one. I didn't <laughs> realize what I was doing at the time. It just, yeah. it just seemed like the right thing to do. Mm -hmm. And I didn't mind working. Like I, I enjoyed doing, doing work and doing a good job and, you know, just, just trying to be world-class at yeah. what you're doing versus kind of half-ass like, oh, I did an open house for four hours. Well, what'd you do? I put up four signs. Okay. Well, <laughs> yeah. You know, if we put up 14 and some blow up guys and a couple banners and you door knock 100, 200 homes before, what does that now look like? Yeah. And, you know, it's not rocket science. It's just our industry has gotten, you know, pretty lax and pretty, uh, pretty comfortable the way things have been. Yep. But look out because technology now has jumped in and the Phoenix market specifically has completely changed the landscape. So, and that's why it's so important to build those relationships. And that's why yes. it's important to have those connections in the community because you, can't replace that with technology that the relationships with the local business owners, the relationships with the people in the community are going to be a lot stronger when you do that correctly. And if you're half-assing and trying to be all over the place, you're not going to have those. And that can absolutely solidify your, your place in the community, but you got to put the work in, you said. Well, what we're finding now is like we had open door launch here seven, eight years ago and then offer pad, of course, then Zillow had theirs. And then you got, you know, all this stuff going on now. I mean, there's just, everybody's got some kind of new, new, new toy uh, technology yep. was in the beginning. It was one thing now it's, you know, people are overwhelmed by all and they have to give out their information. And so mm. we're just like, Hey, we're the one-stop shop. We can use all these programs, help guide you through all of your different options. And you pick what's best for you. Not everybody fits in the same box. There's more yep. than one way to buy and sell real estate today which by the way is exciting for all of us. And if you lean into it, because yep. look, as an agent, you're like, hey, use me. If you're <laughs> an agent, but now you're a seller and you're like, oh, they'll just buy my house and I can close in 15 days or 35 days and not have to deal with anything. It, it's an interesting model. And so yeah. I think that there's a, 
a segment of consumer who everything is so fast now when you choose mm. you want to sell you want to sell you want to buy you want to buy um and so I, I mean there's different correlation to it don't get me wrong it's still an emotional experience for people because it's not something they're doing like taking an uber where you can have a bad experience who cares yeah. or book a hotel or a flight that's a transactional this is more like this is a, a, yeah. a lifetime event for most people I want to ask you then about tying it all together because I find some agents have, they take on too much and then they have a hard time pulling their brand and pulling all their efforts to kind of funnel it into working for them. You obviously said you, you're not a big sales, but you don't like to, to, to sell. So you like to just be out there. How do you, you kind of take all those avenues and those things and how do you funnel it into your brand or to, to the, what you're working on in the community? Well, I'll tell you, um, you know, the, the biggest thing for me and I failed at this for a long time was just, just finding that who in your life, um, you know, most real estate agents are, you know, we're wired to go stir it all up. And then like I would say, like, I'll go out and hunt it and kill it and bring it back, but someone else has got to cook it and make it look yeah. good. And this is not my thing. And, you know, there's a book called Rocket Fuel and a couple yeah. others that talk about really that visionary and then the implementer. And as an agent, I was no shortage of ideas um, mm. to the point where I drive people nuts because I was like, we should try this. We'd, but there was no execution. So it yeah. fizzle out, you know, a day later, a week later, and very few things really got executed. And then in 2010, I got in business with not at the time knowing where it was going to go, but with a gentleman. And turns out he's been the who and it's, it was like rocket fuel for us mm. because I can sit and have an idea, thought, a vision of what this should look like. And all of a sudden the website's built or the marketing piece or the blog is written and social media is done. And, you know, and, and so it's because it's overwhelming when you're trying to do all those things yeah. as an individual agent, but it can be done. I did it. It just, you just have to have a calendar of kind of what's my theme each day. What am I working on? Yeah. The social media, I got to make sure I'm getting content for that. I got to make sure I'm getting this content for the newsletter. But my point is it was always very purposeful. Mm. Now at the scale we do, you know, you have to have the who's and, and those to, to really keep up with it all. Yep. It, it didn't start that way. You know, now today's world, there's virtual assistants. There's, there's affordable stuff out there too that yep. can help somebody. So where are you seeing things going now in the future? You talked about changes in, in, in technology and things like that. Where are you guys shifting to or what are you working on going forward as far as your farm goes? Well, we've just been big on on learning all these programs. So, you know, Open Door, OfferPad, Knock, Homeward, um, Home Partners. And our thing is like, like if I go to a restaurant, for example, and there's a menu and just has, you know, one item on there, yet there's a restaurant next door that has, say, 15 items. Yeah. Which one am I most likely going to go to? Say they're very similar. I right? say they're the same type of business. Yeah. So, if we don't have a menu of services to offer people, I think that that's where the education for agents have, they have to really understand these and not be afraid of them because the consumers mm. are finding them. And so we started a brand called Offer Depot. We were marketing that separately where it was kind of like, you know, we'll go get you multiple offers on your house plus a go-to-market value. Mm. Um, where, what I mean by this is I think that we don't spend time like I used to. I used to spend a lot of time on search and showing houses and doing a lot of things that I don't do today because people, not that I want them to on my on their own, but they do find houses and they send you. Um, and of course, a lot of times it's stuff that's outdated or whatever. But the point is consumers finding a lot of the properties and 
you know, for us to go, especially in the markets right now, you're showing a house and then as soon as the next one comes on, you're showing. It's not like, I mean, I used to set up 20 houses on Friday and 20 houses on Saturday yeah. and then trying to remember which one. So <laughs> we have to lean into technology as a tool, get educated. If not, you're going to become the tool of technology, right? You're going to yeah. become the Uber driver of, of that, of this business where you're just yeah. showing houses for a salary, not for, you know, a commission and, and salary is going to be hard to keep people because people don't realize how much work it really is to be, <laughs> be an agent and, you know, the time. So I think adapting to the markets in your local area are important. Um, I've helped several people who, who don't have, you know, like an open door type product um, to create their own within a market before it even gets there. So, mm. you know, Hey, what would a cash offer? Like, like what would, what would cause you to sell if you could, you know, close when you wanted to, um, certainty control and you'd be amazed at um i mean the flips we did several years ago before open door really got super aggressive in their pricing uh, people were taking 12 percent fee 14 percent fee and i finally one day i just said do you care if i buy it and they're like yeah i don't care who buys it we'd rather if we <laughs> I'm like well i'll just buy it and they're like yeah. well do you care if we leave these two tvs and the washer dryer and this and i'm like leave it all like it's no problem <laughs> yeah um but adapting, I would say, is is critical. Um, yeah. I know there's a lot of people who, you know, prints dead and all these things. I can just tell you, we've not stopped. Um, our market share has continued. In a good market, market share typically goes down a little bit because everyone has a license again and yeah. anything can sell. And people, you know, think, well, I can just give it to my friend or whatever. Um, but we still keep positioning. And so I think that to me, print is still alive when it comes to this stuff. Um, I mean, I don't know about, you know, your audience, but I think if a lot of people said, well, how many things do I get from real estate agents in my mailbox anymore? It's, it's very little. Yep. Um, and if you take the easy way and just email, I mean, we all know how easy that is to delete, block, things like that. Yep. And I'm certainly not saying don't follow up with a digital copy and get people to subscribe to that. I think it's great. There's just something about them being able to sit at the kitchen table or on the couch and read through your newsletters. Yeah. And we've had people, it's crazy, go to their house and they'll open a drawer and pull out bags full of newsletters. Like <laughs> one lady, she's had like 12 years worth. And I was like, okay, you know how much money that's cost me to put to this thing <laughs> on this one, you know? But, you know, it's just kind of funny, but the loyalty, she's like, oh yeah, we already knew that when we went to sell someday, we we're, we're calling you guys. We've seen yeah. you everywhere. Um, and so I think it's just, it's building blocks, right? Like you can't, I wouldn't expect someone, well, I want to be where you're at and I want to have, you know, this big team and I want to have, and by the way, you may or may not want to, that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> but it was, it was just steps. It was just in reinvesting, taking a little off the table and taking time. And, and like I said, it's still, you don't you can still do your other activities. If you want to pay, pay for pay-per-click and you want to do these other, you know, social media and stuff, just keep in mind, the companies like, you know, Homelight and, you know, and um, Zillow and these companies, their marketing spend is usually more than any of us agents individually. So when you talk about buying the best, you know, tag words and the things that they can do, yeah. pay-per-click is not what it used to be yeah. at all for us. And so I think, you know, a Facebook community, Facebook page, and if there is one, you know, you try to interact with it when someone needs a painter, Boom, there's Kenny Klaus referring a painter. There's Kenny yep. referring this person. So they're seeing your name. Um, and then local events. If you can hold a first-time buyer workshop, a VA workshop, a 
you know, selling in today's market. Uh, we've done a town hall where we had our town council guy, my brother, myself, and we just did a Zoom meeting during COVID stuff. Just here's a stat, stat, you know, here's where the current market is and here's where we're heading. Yep. And he talked about, you know, some of the businesses coming, the growth, and and it gives you some credibility too. When you're sitting there with, you know, the town council person, it gives you even a little bit more credibility. So yeah, awesome. as you can see, a lot of these things that we're throwing out there, we're over time. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's 20 plus years. So the newsletter, open houses, we're really, you know, and then, and then starting to visit the local businesses and get the newsletters into the business. Um, Because if I can visit 10 businesses every month, that's 10 more contacts that know people moving in their customers or insurance guy. Oh yeah. Our people are selling. Um, You know, I told them about you Um, or, and then all of a sudden you start, you know, you build on that and now you're up to 12 and 15. And yeah. so, you know, but it forces you to have to walk into a business, by the way. And the first couple of times you're getting the wrong person or you're getting, you're like, oh, this is dumb. What am I doing? <laughs> hey, can you just leave this, you know, for, you know, for your manager or whatever? And you just leave your card and tell them what you're doing. You leave a little flyer on it say, hey, this is what we're doing. We'd love to see if you'd like to be involved. And you know, most of them will uh, over time. Some of your corporate ones will get a little bit like, oh, we can't put that in here because of this until you give them value. Yeah. And then I suddenly see. they can do it. Yeah. <laughs> and so I just watched it happen. Like they drew a hard line. And next thing you know, they're like, hey, we're out of newsletters. Can yeah. you bring some more? <laughs> what the hell just happened here? Yeah, so yeah. Um, awesome. we just got to make fun with it, you know, and and because it's a ton of work. But if you yeah. have fun with it and people like you and you're, you're consistently showing up, then I think you look up in a few years and you're like, I got a business. And that's why I tell people, if you're going to be in this business two years from now, four years from five years, 10, wouldn't it be nice to wake up January 1st and know that you're going to have 250 listing appointments next year in a geographic area. Yeah. That's huge. That, that takes a lot of the stress and I'm not saying it's automatic, but it does, it becomes automatic, but it's, it's no different than agricultural farming. Right. I mean, if, if the farmer went out and said, Lord, just, just give me a crop this year. And I promise next year I'll sow the, or I'll plant the seeds, I'll water it. I'll do all the right things. Just give me one this year. Yeah. doesn't happen. But yeah. what happens is they learn their dirt. They learn their farm. They learn their, their timing. They learn everything. And all of a sudden it becomes predictable, repeatable. We got to do this, this time we got to do this. And then we go to market and we sell all this stuff. And those are the people who end up taking over the farm next door and the next yeah. door and next door because they have a bigger vision, but in farming, there's not an option. Like you have to do those things if you want to crop in real estate. It's easy to go to a convention in 1999 yourself or 2099 yourself to death with stuff. That's going to change your life and do all the work for you. Yeah. (laughs) It drives us nuts. Um, You know, I don't know about you, but you know, as busy as I am with multiple businesses and other things going, my phone rings, it's got to be 10% of what it used to because Everybody texts and, yep. and emails. For us, it's all pick up the phone and call people. A, yep. you save a ton of time, especially like in transaction management. Well, I emailed them. Like, why don't you just call me? You get the answer and you're done. Like you're, <laughs> it's, you're not waiting for them to respond till tomorrow or whatever. Yep. Um, so there's things that you can still you know, do. And I would just say, make sure that just technology is a tool in your business. Just don't let it become your business. Because if you're relying on drips and things like that, they can be personal, but people figure it out. Yeah. And I still think having that, you know, that consistent touch to your past repeat people 
you know, and really, what do we talk about? Everyone's number one part of their business is pass repeat referral business. Well, that's really what farming is. It's just like a big data bank. Exactly. People that now get to know you and you become a trusted source over time. Yep, and exactly. but it's that over time piece that eliminates a lot of people. Yeah, exactly. So if you were to give one last piece of advice to our viewers who are thinking about growing and expanding their farm, what advice would you give? Well, so my, I always say a budget. And I think because for me, you know, looking at a geographic area, you want to look at turnover rates, you want to look at the size of the farm, the average price point, because you want to decide, is this a good place to launch my business? Not I live here and I love it and it's a great <laughs> community, but you know, there's 20 homes sell annually. And even if you got 25% of those, it's probably not going to pay your bills unless, you know, it's four or $5 million price range. Right. Yeah. So, you know, don't, don't lead with emotion, lead with, with business. And, and does this make sense? Um, and like I said, it's not always going to make sense because if I would have looked at mine, it, I probably would have talked myself <laughs> out of it. But for me, it was like, I know in a few years, this is un, untouched area that I can, I can dominate this if I do the right things. And so, um, but then budget. And the reason I mentioned budget is because you need to set aside, if you think, okay, with newsletter postage, um, it's going to cost me, you know, you can put in EDDM, it'll tell you how much the postage will be and for those routes and you go, okay, it's going to cost me a thousand dollars a month. You need to earmark $12,000 and it'd be great if you took it out of an account, went to your bank and created a farm account and just put it in there. And every month you just pay for your next newsletter, whether or not money comes in or not. And to me, you got to set a 12 month plan because this doesn't happen overnight, but neither does real farming. It takes time for things to to develop and, and, you know, and, and happen. So I think there's those, those, you know, there's a book called three feet from gold. Right. And it's like, you're right there, but you quit because nobody had called you that month. And then by month three, most are like, I just spent three grand. This is stupid. I could have bought, I could have bought leads and I'm going to try it for three more months and three more months while you're still doing some of the other stuff. And by the way, you can get a lender to help with a little bit or, you know, there's other ways to help. Um, But if you're going to be in business in two years, three years down the road, what would it be like if you just started really working in an area and put a foundation under your business that can then grow from there? And to me, then, you know, all the activities they teach and all these courses and everything out there, you know, prospecting and and all this stuff, by the way, you still do all that in your farm. You're just focused on it. Um, And then you look up and you're like, okay, this business isn't like starting over the first of every year going, okay, what am I going to, what gimmick am I going to try this year? What, you know, (laughs) or you can't, um, unless your database is big, big enough and you're really in that much touch with your database, it's hard to count on that every year to, to create growth and and build a big business. There's people who do it at a very, very high level. um, And I, and I applaud them. And I think we do it at a pretty good level. uh, But I think you have to have more than one lever there um, yeah. to, to, to be growing if you want to go, like I said earlier, from I to we to they. So, you know, I do it to we do it to eventually they do it, but you yep. still are earning a residual income off of the business that you started. Yeah, that's great advice. That's something I always, I'm a big proponent in believing in, in the start with your budget. That's something I teach all the time. You have to have that budget figured out because that's going to dictate what you do, when you do, how you do it. And you have to have it set aside. So that's, that's awesome. So we yeah, always wrap up. You know you're trying to find money every month and, <laughs> exactly. that's it. and you're going to go do something else with it, like exactly. Amazon or who knows what. Right. And so yeah. you just create a purpose. 
Yeah, exactly. So we always wrap up with the best book. So what's one book that's had an impact on your life or you think would have an impact on our viewers' life? Um, so I'll, I'll say one, but then I'll probably say a second one. <laughs> um, there was a, a friend of mine that he'd, he'd met a billionaire and he asked him, you know, can you give me a nugget? Can you give me something like, what have you done? What? And finally, I was like, what book? And the guy gets a book off the shelf. Um, and let me see, actually. Yep. It's funny. I actually didn't even think about this till you just said it. But um, and with my background, you probably won't be able to see it, but I have it right here. Um, and it's called The Tortoise and the Hare. Mm. And no matter how many times you read it, what language, this is a kid's book, um, big print and a couple pictures. But if you think about it, no matter no matter what language, how many times you read it, whatever, the tortoise always wins. And yeah. to me, um, that's been a big thing for me. I mean, I have I have turtles. It, to me, it was that slow and steady wins the race. And yep. like I look at most agents like the rabbit, they're just chasing this new product, this new thing, this new thing where slow and steady wins the race. And then as far as book book, I would say <laughs> one that comes to mind right away is just building a story brand by Donald Miller yeah. um, because it really switched us from going like, oh, we're real estate salespeople to we're, we're just guides. We're helping guide you through your story and it's your story. You're the hero, not how many homes I've sold, how many awards I have, my yeah. ego, any of that stuff. It's all focused on value and and client experience and really building a brand that tells a story, but you're telling the client's story. And yeah. so like we changed all of our wraps on our vehicles to have like, you know, people holding keys or just things to lead people to go, this is what we're doing for people. Not mm -hmm. here's all my awards and I'm number one at it. Cause at the end of the day, they just don't care. It's going to yeah. be about them. And so for me, that book was, um, you know, really, really opened my eyes to, yeah, we got to switch the folk. We think we are, but then when you really take stock <laughs> yeah. of what you're doing, you're like, yeah, maybe I'm not. And yeah. um, so I think that's a great one. That's I mean, there's so many out there. I, I mean, I got a whole library of stuff, but I think that. Um, that's a great book. That's our number one most recommended book on the show. So I just did a, oh, I'm putting it on my 75th episode, I'm going to be launching a top rated uh, recommended books on the show. And that's, that's the winner so far. So I'm pre awesome. letting people know. So that's an well, awesome go. book. So. Yeah. That's awesome. So how can our viewers check out what you're up to connect with you or, or uh, find out more what you're doing? Yeah, we, um, um, so, I mean, as far as, you know, in Arizona, if anyone has anyone looking to buy, sell, or just has a real estate question, um, you know, Kenny at Klaus team or referarizona.com is our referral website. Awesome. Our form's already on there, ready to go. Um, and I have to ask Scott, I don't, we, we had CLME for, since 2013, we just shut it down recently because we hadn't really been had the time to be updating content, but he put it all on YouTube for free. So, oh, nice. um, so CLME, which was certified local market expert should be out there. And it's literally our entire course from before on how do we build the newsletter and, you know, why do we put things the way we did and, you know, running the realtor route and all the items that we've given away over the years, like we do these water watcher tags, it's just fun stuff that you can do to be part of the community. Um, you know, the network meeting, how we set it up, how we run it, the move-in buckets that my wife puts together. That way you can put coupons in there from local businesses. Another way to add value, hey, locksmith or whatever, can I put these in here, carpet yep. cleaning. Um, so we really try to go in detail of what we've done, um, you know, to really help other agents. Because I think it's the way really to solidify our industry going forward is by, you know, having the neighborhood expert that, that people go, you got to, I trust this guy or gal, yeah. 
they they care about the area and they really are knowledgeable. They're not just after commission. They're looking at the big picture. And so I think it's one way for us to really add value to the consumer. Otherwise, everyone has a friend, a family member that has a license that's going to give them half the commission back or whatever. And then it just becomes, we don't even need this. We could have done this on our own. Yeah. And that's always kind of our question at the end for our agents is, you know, let's ask the client, could you have done this without us or only with us? Yeah. And if we're only talking about that's granite and look at that tile, that there's no value there. They can see that. You've got yeah. to be pointing out, you've got to learn more about the house. Um, mm. We actually started State 48 a Homeowner Podcast um, with the idea of everybody sends out a crappy email newsletter to their database that they don't even read and somehow expect everybody to, to read and call you. But I went, what if we started a, a podcast where we could talk about the house, have our plumber come in and talk about mm. how to shut off the water to your house? What are the common things that you find? You know, angle stops, whatever, roof, how often should you have it inspected and get the debris out? What causes leaks? Uh, we just had a water restoration company come in and talk about what are the main causes of floods or fires that you're seeing? Um, and break that into content so that way they can just pick an episode that's important to them. We did one yep. on septic. We did one on foundations. Um, and we're just, we're still, I think we're 15 episodes. I mean, we're just starting. Yes. So that's awesome. But the idea is if we can, we sell someone a house and then we send them corny little gifts throughout the year sometimes or, you know, yep. whatever. Really, if we could add value and they were like, oh, yeah, I think I saw something on that or I want to find out more about that. So I'm hoping that works because I, I think there's value in it. And, you know, we love giving to receive. Um, yeah. So just, you know, constantly evolving. I think that's it, but, but never getting rid of the consistency and the foundation. So awesome. when I say try new things, it's on top of what we're doing. Yeah, we're exactly. not, you know, and then you just measure it, right? So we track what our lead sources are, where they come from. The only advice I'd give for someone is if you're starting off, you start sourcing this stuff early mm. and then, and, and I would consider double sourcing it. And what I mean by that is you have, you know, farm and then you have pass repeat client or referral or whatever, because what's happened is the farm doesn't get the same credit anymore that we used to, you know, when I'm tracking our numbers, because so many people are now considered past clients, right. but the original lead source was the farm. Yeah. That's how we got to that contact in the first yep. place. Right. And so I think when you source them, you know, you want to put, how did we originally meet these people? So you can always pull that data. And then are they pass repeat now? Because you want to get credit, you know, too, for your business. Like, hey, yeah. we got enough pass repeat. You don't want to keep them as farm for the light, my opinion, <laughs> lifetime. But you want to know that's what caused that first lead. Awesome. So Awesome. Well, we'll put the uh, connections in the show notes to help so people can find out what you're up to. Kenny, I really appreciate being on the show and bringing your years decades of experience and wisdom. And, and I know our viewers really can take a lot out of this and hopefully they'll implement and take the advice you give yes. and start to put this into the business. Cause if they do and they do it consistently, then they will see the results. So I appreciate you being on the show and, and bringing that to our audience. Definitely, man. Well, I appreciate you doing it. I think the industry needs it. Um, I think it's a good foundation to build a business off of. And um, I, I just, I, I'm glad that you're doing it. That's why when you reached out, I'm like, yeah, let's uh, I want to keep spreading the word. Cause I think it's a great tool to, uh, build a consistent, repeatable business. Awesome. All right. Thanks. Appreciate it. Yep. Thank you guys. Or thanks. Thanks, Ryan. Thanks for checking out today's episode. If you'd like more videos like this, be sure to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Check out our Facebook page and our other social media channels. Looking forward to bringing you more great content like this and happy farming. <laughs>